Well, welcome everyone to Parallel Church. <laughs> it's been a while since I got to say that. <laughs> two years, can you believe it? Uh, two years, today's our second anniversary. Two years ago, today, October 1st, we, uh, we rebranded and changed our name to Parallel Church. We became Parallel Church, and we're going to talk a little bit about why and what's all that about uh, this morning. But before we do that, we are one church in multiple locations. So let's welcome everyone that's joining us this morning in Tabor with Pastor Renee and Jill. Welcome to all of you guys. Welcome Claire's home with Pastor Brian and Heidi. Welcome Okotoks with Pastor Joel and Tanisha. Welcome Lloyd Minster with Pastor Mike and Carol. Welcome Lethbridge. Welcome all of you joining us online with Pastor Tim and Jen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And for those of you who don't know who I am, because maybe you've joined the church in the last six months, you're like, who's this guy? I'm, I'm Kelly. I'm the lead pastor, believe it or not, here at the, at the church. I've been on sabbatical for, yeah, for the last five and a half months, four and a half months. And uh, before, I'm just, just going to recap really quickly, because I get asked this question a lot. How was it? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that because it was good, it was hard, it was all, all of that in between. But if you remember before I left, I said the reason why that I felt like I needed, there's, there's four reasons why I felt like I needed to go on sabbatical. Number one was rest. Um, this literally, rest has been a four-letter word, <laughs> literally, to me, and, and probably because I didn't know how to do it properly. So part of the reason why I went on sabbatical is because I wanted to learn how to rest God's way. Jesus taught us to, to rest. He, he said, if you come to me, I will teach you how to rest. I was like, okay, I want to do that. I want to learn how to, to rest. And I got to say, mission accomplished. Um, I am refreshed. I am excited. I am raring to go. I uh, just, just, just wait. We're about to unleash in a couple of weeks. We're going to unleash next week a, a whole new series and what God has been sharing with me and to me, and we're going to launch into something. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited. So rest, mission accomplished. Second reason, yeah. <laughs> Second reason, reconnect. I wanted to reconnect. Another purpose of sabbatical was to reconnect with God, uh, learning to walk. If you remember this, learning to walk with him, not just for him. And uh, it's about slowing down enough, enough to be present with God and as well with others. And I'm hoping that you're going to notice a, a difference that I was able to reconnect deeper with God, but also I'm slowing down enough to be able to reconnect deeper with each one of you. Uh, there's a, a quote that I read before I left that kind of set the mission for me. David L. said this. He said, a sabbatical is not a vacation. <laughs> I attest to that. It's different kind of work. <laughs> yeah. It's a directed time of refreshment and restoration. It's a time of drawing closer and listening more carefully with the intent of deeper intimacy with God. And I have to say, mission accomplished. I felt that. Third reason was refresh. The vision of this church is amazing. And our calling is massive. And I'm so proud to be part of this great church, and I'm feeling more fired up, refreshed than ever for our vision, our mission, what God has put on our, on our hearts to accomplish. And, and over the last four weeks, I traveled around to all the, the campuses, the last five weeks, 
traveled around to all the campuses and, and just sat and listened to our amazing campus pastors delivering messages that, I, that got me so fired up. I was like, I want to join that church. Like, with the one they're talking about, I want to join that one. Didn't our campus pastors do an amazing job over the last number of months preaching? Joyla and I watched all the messages, and we were, we're just blown away by our, our campus pastors and our teaching teams and the staff and all the things that they did. An amazing job uh, in leading this church, and I was like, I couldn't be prouder to be a part of what God is doing here and, and feeling refreshed in the vision. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, just wait. You'll see. Uh, and the fourth reason was reset. Um, I wanted to reset a healthy rhythm of work and rest and I also wanted to take a step back and reevaluate this the state of the the big C church because I, I I'll just be very vulnerable with all of you uh, now some of the angst that I've been feeling and it'll come out I'm sure again and still and more um, but the angst that I was feeling about the big C church is I I'd, I read and I'd read the book of Acts and I'd read you know the 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 epistles and the letters, and I read that, and I would crave, and I still crave, to see the power that, and, and the massive move of God that happened in those days and crave to see it. And then I look at the state of the Big C Church as a, as a general and, and how the church is responding to crises and how the church is, is, is moving ahead and what it's doing, and I see, and, and not just not just our church, but I see all across just this ever-growing divide between what I read in the book of Acts and what, I, what we're experiencing today. And I got this angst and to the place where I felt like I needed to take a break and reset and going, I am going to be an angry preacher, which I do not, I grew up under those. I do not want to become that ever, 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 because that accomplishes nothing. I wanted, I wanted to see, I wanted to reset, take a step back and going, God, I don't want to just have Kelly's opinions because Kelly's got some big, big opinions. I want to follow your lead and what you're doing because this is not my church. This is your church. And this, I want to do it your way. And how do we, how do we steer the Titanic? Because it feels like that sometimes. How do we steer all the traditions that we've grown up in, all the things that we expect? How do we steer it back on track to what God has designed the church to be? And I felt like I needed to take a step back from that and breathe and hear and going, okay, get some of that angst out. And I got to say, mission accomplished somewhat. <laughs> mission accomplished. The anger is out, but the passion's even more. Like, like I'm telling you that. I, want to, I wanted to step back and reevaluate the Big C Church, do it God's way, also need to reevaluate my part in it. Why? Well, because Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said this to his followers. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Religion, as Jesus defines it here, is a system of the system of beliefs. And being a slave to the system is exhausting. It's exhausting. It'll wear you out, according to Jesus. It'll burn you out. It'll tire you out. And I took, I took time away partly because I was tired, which indicated to me that there's still too much system in me. And I need to get some of that out. 
Many of you know I was raised in the church, and, and I've been a believer. Actually, the last four and a half months is the most I've missed church in my entire life combined. Like, I, I just never, never missed church. And I love church. I love the church. Love, love, love the church. Big C church. Love what God is doing. Love it. And yet, at the same time, at the same time, I felt this, this angst and, this, and I felt this tiredness, which I was like an indication that there's still too much system being raised in it, too much system in me. So what does Jesus say as the, the way to, to get out of that tiredness? He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. It's interesting that Jesus' invitation here is an invitation to relationship rather than to the system. And this was my focus and and purpose on the sabbatical, to reconnect with him. But also this invitation is a a relationship about reconnecting with others. And one thing that I I, I learned, and people ask me, like, what was hard about your sabbatical? Were you bored? And I was like, I was... I honestly got to say, I didn't fight boredom. I thought I'd fight boredom. I didn't fight boredom. You know what I thought? Loneliness. And here's the thing. If there's one thing, if someone asked me this, like if there's one thing you could redo about your sabbatical, what would you do? And I was like, I wouldn't isolate as much. And here's what I realized is that I didn't miss preaching. I didn't miss, you know, the work of this. I didn't miss the system of church. I missed the people. I missed you. I missed our team. And I was like, you don't know how it does my heart good to see your faces and not just to see it in this way, but to connect with you after, like, I, I love it. it. I was like, I feed off it. And there's something in there going, I think that's what we are created to be as human beings. And that's what God created the church to be. Here, I read in my devotions a number, a couple months ago, and, and I was reading a commentary along with my devotions, reading in John, I think John chapter 2, and it talks about the first time it mentions the word Pharisee. And, and in my commentary, it says, and it reminded me again, the word Pharisee literally means, and you remember who the Pharisees were, right? The Pharisees were the, the religious, the ones that Jesus is talking about here, the ones that Jesus always pointed out as being the religious one, the one that Jesus literally pointed out and said to his followers, don't be like them, right? And if you thought Jesus had, you know, is religious, you should probably read Matthew 23. He had some strong opinions, Especially about the Pharisees. Remember, he called them, like, he called them a whole bunch of names. Meek and mild and merciful Jesus. Like, he called them out, because, not because of them as, as people, but because of the system that they became slaves to. And he's like, that ugliness, he had to get, get out of them. But here's the thing that I didn't, I forgot or didn't really pay attention to. But the word Pharisee means isolated one. And I was like, isn't that interesting that the very system, the religious system, it, what it does is it, you become more religious the more you isolate. And here's, here's, here's something I, I need you to hear for me. This is what I realized in, in our sabbatical and, and different things as well, is that the devil's trick 
is always to isolate and to separate. That's, that's what predators do, is they isolate. And, the, and religion, the system of religion, it does the exact same thing to where it creates, and they call them Pharisees, isolated ones. And yet much of the system that you and I have grown up in is created in such a way to isolate us and to make our faith just a personal faith. Just me and Jesus is all I need. And I've learned that Jesus' invitation here is to come to him in relationship, but also his invitation was always to have relationship with one another. And Jesus said this. Uh, by the way, this is why we're pushing groups <laughs> a lot and, and rooted groups and all the rest of it, saying groups, because listen, I think, your, I think your faith is only as strong as your relationships with other believers. And if, if you don't believe me and going, oh, that's not really true, John, Jesus' disciple, literally said, you cannot say you love God and hate your brother, and he's basically likened our relationship or the state of our relationship with God to our relationship or the strength of our relationship with one another. Jesus goes on and he says this in Matthew 11. He says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced, I like that word, rhythms of grace. Grace, on God's unmerited, undeserved favor. Then he says this, in the process Right of, of getting away with him, this Jesus is saying, he says, come away with me, come with, walk with me. In the process of getting away with him, there's an invitation to learn how he does ministry and how he intended the church to be. This is his church. Yes? It's his church. He's the head of the church. And notice the invitation to walk with and to work with him. It's an invitation to come alongside Think about this. This is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. This is, this is the Messiah. This is the very Son of God saying, he's not, not an invitation to, hey, I, I'm here. I'm the big guy. Get in line. Follow, follow, you know, which would make sense. But he says, no, no, no. Come alongside, Peter, even though you say stupid things. Judas, come al- it's an invitation to Judas, even though you're going to betray me. Come walk with me. Thomas, even though you doubt everything. Come. Walk with me, work with me, learn how I do it. It's an invitation to walk alongside. And if Jesus can invite us, as fallible as we are, to walk with him, I think we, following his lead, learning how he does it, we should invite others to walk with us too. Regardless of who they vote for. Regardless of their imperfections or disagreements or all the rest it's an invitation to walk with which is why two years ago we said we want to follow Jesus's lead in such a degree that we need to name our church parallel because it's it's our vision is to come alongside to walk we are parallel church we come alongside we walk with because Jesus invited us to walk with him And we're attempting to walk with Jesus, recognizing that this is his church. And we're following his instructions to come alongside. And he told, he taught us, he taught his disciples who to come alongside with. In fact, in in Matthew 25, he taught us to come alongside the least of these. And the least of these, in case you forgot who they are, 
It's the, it says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry? Feed you, thirsty, and give you something to drink. When did we see you, a stranger, invite you in, needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? The king will say, truly, I said, whatever you did to the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. An invitation to walk with Jesus is right here. Walk with, how do you walk with him? You walk with the least of these. So what do we do as Parallel Church? We come alongside the least of these. Did you know that from October 1 last year, 2022, to this year, we've helped 53,866 individuals just through my city care. Isn't that awesome? In 56 different communities, not just, not just the five communities we're in, in 56 different communities. And that means, that means in the last two years, we've helped over 88,000 individuals. Come on. For love and impact. Come on. Jesus also taught us not just to walk with the least of these. He also taught, taught us to walk with the one another's. He said this in John 13, 34. New command I give you. Not a new suggestion. A new command. I give you love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And Jesus, this is, this is like love others. Okay. No, no. Jesus upped the ante a whole lot and said, no, love like I love. Which, the way Jesus loved, come on. Nobody in that day and age had ever seen anyone like him. And no one in today's day and age would see anyone like Jesus. Because in that day and age, it was a, it was a society of separated ones. The Jews wouldn't associate with the Gentiles. The, the Jews wouldn't even associate with the Samaritans, which were half-Jews. They wouldn't, they, would, they wouldn't cross one poly. The 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 Pharisees, the Sadducees wouldn't get along with one another, and they certainly wouldn't hang out with sinners. And sinners would never hang out with tax collectors because we had to list them as separate, right? They're so bad, they're, they're, they're tax collectors. They were separate than sinners. Like, that's how bad they were. They, they, and yet Jesus, like, like, if you were leprous or you got leprosy and sickness, not a fault of your, you're kicked out of the city. You couldn't be there. And yet Jesus went to every one of those groups. Jesus went to the leper's colony and healed the sick. He did, he, and they're like, you can't go there. They're unclean. And yet he touched them, which is one of the biggest things. He didn't just minister to their physical, to their, their physical ailment. He, he ministered to their soul at the same time. He, he called a tax collector to be one of his closest followers. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' the tax collector's house for a meal, basically esteeming Zacchaeus in front of a massive crowd and saying, I, I'm not only associating with you, I'm hanging out with you, which would, which, which would be a stain on Jesus' reputation, but he didn't care about his reputation. He, he, he invited a prostitute to, to minister to him by, by pouring perfume on his feet, and the, the disciples like, you can't be associated with her. You're a rabbi. It's going to be a stain on your reputation. And Jesus is like, no, no. He called terrorists, which were the zealots, to be part of his inner circle. He hung out with a Samaritan woman. A Jewish man would never, never communicate, even talk with a, Jew, a Samaritan, never mind a Samaritan woman. Jesus broke all the rules. So when he invites us to love one another, 
Listen, don't we live in a society, come on, that likes to separate? Red and blue. <laughs> and orange. Come on. We like to separate one another. We like to do all this kind of And yet Jesus is saying, hey, there's not us and them. Love like I loved. Different, love different. So we have a vision to come alongside the one another's. Amen? We do so through parallel care, parallel kids, parallel youth, house parties. Come on. We do that. We come alongside the one another's. And listen, in our need, needs and seeds, which is, we, we took an offering in December, if you remember, our, our year-end offering, and we, we took a quarter of that offering, and we said, we're going to make sure that there is, according to the book of Acts, that there's no need among them. And we took a bold step like, and said, we're going to set aside a chunk of money as a church, and if there's any need among us, we're going we're gonna to meet it. And in the last year since that time, since, since December, since January to now, we've given over $21,000 to people in our church who had a need that came up. We come alongside. We've also had, since October 1st, 2022, until now, we've also seen 440 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? But not only that, we come alongside other churches and agencies. We're not just doing this on our own. And we don't want all the credit. Not at all. We're not called to be the church. We're called to be a part of it. We're one, one family. And we've partnered with 85 community partners, 68 different schools, 91 unique and different agencies, and nine other churches. And I, we, I was like, look at nine, only nine other churches, except for we did a youth event just a couple weeks ago with 15 churches in community. Come on. We come alongside. Why? Because Paul said this, and this, this verse, man, this verse hits hard. He says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. In other words, what Paul says is that Christianity can't just be a personal faith. It can't just be about you. And it can't be just, it's not just fire insurance. Right? An escape plan from hell. An entrance to heaven. It's, it's more than that. It's so much more than that. And he says, the faith that counts isn't the one that's just kept to itself. The faith that counts has to, has to express itself through loving the least of these and the one another's. It has to express itself through love. James, the brother of Jesus, would say it this way. He says, faith without works is dead. The disciples understood that what Jesus was saying is that you, you're not, it's, that's why our slogan, by the way, is for love and impact, because Jesus taught us to love, and we're supposed to express our, our, our faith through love, and it's supposed to have an impact. That communities that we exist in should feel the impact of the church. Come on, in a good way. Let's just, just clarify that. That's, that's good, Pastor Ralph. Just like, you know, in a good way. Yeah, in a good way, yeah, absolutely. We should make a difference. Amen. It's not just what happens inside these walls. It's more important what happens outside these walls. So our takeaway today is simply this, that we are on mission to out-love, out-serve, and out-give. Now, I know some of you have been 
here before, like Pastor Kelly, we've heard all this before. But I want you just as this is our second year anniversary and look at this and saying, I think a lot of people I heard from some of the team are like excited that I spent four months away and going, well, just brace yourself. Here comes change because Pastor Kelly's back. He's had that much time to think. Brace yourself, team. (laughs) I'm coming back fired up. Yeah. But I'm more fired up than ever that we need to love serve how give that we need to express our faith through love that we need to make we need to love and impact our communities amen that we that our, that our vision doesn't need change it's just what god has called us to is his mission this is not kelly's mission this is his mission and i don't want to change that Do we get it right all the time? No. Of course not. No perfect people. But I'm so proud of who we are and what we're accomplishing for the kingdom of heaven. And one of the verses that kind of spoke to me um, loudly uh, during my time away and my devotion time was a verse in Proverbs that I'd read Hundreds of times, never paid attention to it. Just skipped through it because it's in Proverbs 4, and there's lots of other really good verses in Proverbs 4, and I just kind of skimmed right past this one because I didn't think it really meant all that much. But it hit me is that the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter to the full light of day. And I was like, okay, cool. Except that it suddenly hit me. How's the morning sun What happens? The morning sun comes and erases the darkness, but it doesn't come and just suddenly, it doesn't go from night to day instantly. The darkness doesn't go away completely, like the sun just doesn't turn on. It rises. And here's what I've come to realize is that we don't, we're on mission, we have a vision, we're getting it right all the time? No. But at the same time, I think as the sun rises, there's an ever enlightenment that comes that we start to see even in our walk with, there's a journey here in our faith walk. There's a journey of ever increasing revelation that we see more and more and more as the sun begins to rise. And that the righteous path is this, that it's a gradual process of of enlightenment. And I feel like while I'm so excited about the vision that we are accomplishing what we're doing, we're not changing that one iota. At the same time, I've, I've, God's kind of highlighted or enlightened a few areas that I feel like, for me personally in my walk and also expressing it through the church, in, in all this, I feel like there's, there's some things that, we, that he shed a light on that I went, oh, that. Yeah, we need to focus on that too. And that's what I'm going to begin uh, in a series next week called Rethink. Get nervous. Because the subtitle of that is Deconstructing Modern Christianity. And that there's some things that we need to rethink. And there's a few areas... And we've shared some areas where I feel like we, we get it right. But there's a few areas where I feel like we need to shed a light on and get enlightened to. 
And they could be the key to unlock, and this is what I'm praying for, to unlock the transformation that I read about in the book of Acts. Because I'm ever dissatisfied. I'm ever dissatisfied not with the church not growing exponentially numbers-wise. I'm ever dissatisfied with the impact that our faith is having on our society as a whole. And, and, and the church looking back, and st- Christians stepping back and going, well, it's just, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Nothing we can do about it. Uh, <clears throat> no, God called us to be his ambassadors on this planet. We have a role. And I feel like there's a couple areas that we're just going to shed a light on and going, this could be the key. You're going to want to be here. Just chill. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for your lead. I thank you, God, that you invite us to walk with you. What a privilege. What an honor. Lord, forgive us when we don't always get it right, but thank you for your graciousness, your kindness, your mercy, your love. And Lord, as we go into this next series, we celebrate what we've done. Lord, as we go into the next series, I pray that there'd be an enlightenment that happens to all of us as well. We walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning, you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. He invited you. We just read it. He invited you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, to walk with him. And you don't have to be perfect to walk with them. We can see that just by the disciples that he invited to walk with them physically. A couple thousand years ago, these guys were messed up. You don't have to be perfect to walk with Jesus. It's an invitation. It's an invitation not to religion, not to a system at all. It's an invitation to a relationship. Firstly with him, but then with the family of God. So if you've never began a relationship with him all you need to do according to paul in the book of romans all you need to do is confess with your mouth that jesus is god and believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead and you will be saved it's that simple so i'm going to lead us in a prayer right now that does just that confesses with our mouth that jesus is god and if you believe right here right now what you're praying is true then you can begin a relationship with him and begin to walk with him right here right now so let's praise together Everyone pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God and I believe that you rose again from the dead and I ask you right now to become my God, my Lord and Savior and my friend. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins, for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you in Jesus' name. Amen.